2: Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement.
3: It's a total disrespect.
2: Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station,
4: Talk Sport.
3: Hello, everybody, and thanks for downloading Outspoken, the podcast that brings you the very best of our daily Talk Sport show. Former Celtic, Aston Villa and Republic of Ireland manager Martin O'Neill join myself and Simon Jordan to look back on a busy weekend of football with West Ham struggling at the bottom and Manchester United pushing those at the top. Plus, we speak to not one, but two managers who got back to winning ways on Saturday with Bournemouth's Gary O'Neill and Huddersfield's Neil Warnock on the show. West Ham ending the weekend in the relegation zone, eased aside by Tottenham in the London derby. I mean, is, is there this danger that you now we're 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 too good to go down? Well, they are, two but... wins in the last thirteen yeah. league games stretching yeah. back
5: to October. You know, they, they shouldn't think they're too good to go down. Not for one moment. Well, what they sh- the, you know, the the inherent troubles for West Ham is the argument they've always been to avail themselves of is that does uh, that David Sullivan now. Uh, and previously, David Salomon and David Gold didn't give them enough resources to be able to match the talent of managing the dugout, and specifically, in this instance, David Moyes. Now, that argument can't be advanced now, because they've spent 150, 160 million last summer. I do think there's an element um, of the expectation of West Ham is probably slightly unrealistic because of the remarkable achievements over the last couple of years. Notwithstanding that, they should be nowhere near the bottom three, and they've got a manager that's very calm and I think very pointed and very acerbic in his observations yesterday after the game, and it'd be interesting to see what he's digging at there. And I thought some of the players on that pitch, specifically Declan Rice yesterday, weren't at it and on it and good enough in that game. But I do think that West Ham will get themselves out of it, but either which way, finishing fourth or fifth and bottom of the league, which is where West Ham might end up finishing and not finishing the bottom three, is by no way a reflection of where the quality of manager and... That team should be. I mean, we've had this argument, haven't we, about the, some of the bigger players that have carried them previously not doing their jobs. But you can't have it now because Bowen's up and at it again. Yeah. Two yeah. chicks better. Yeah. So now you're looking at it again. It is what it is. This is a poor side at the moment.
3: Well, I mean, I, I, was, I was looking at it through there, Martin, before we came on air. The five league wins all season Bournemouth, Everton, Villa, Fulham, and Wolves. None of the big boys. So when they meet some of the big boys, they wilt, they can't do it. And I think now there's genuine concern for West Ham fans. They're looking at championship football. Uh, well, I think with uh, the number of games left,
6: and that's not that many, um, then obviously if you're in that position, then it's going to be, a, a, there is a difficulty. They can't win the games, as you say. And, uh, and when you can't win, and when you, uh, they've had a little decent run before that there, but you're talking about a, a, a quite a substantial number of matches when they haven't been able to do that over the whole season, then it does become a problem. And you think to yourself, "Well, listen, we'll, we can win. We'll win two consecutive games, and we'll pull ourselves clear." Sometimes that doesn't work like that. When you find yourself in this position and you realise that you are down there, then it, there is there is definitely a, a mindset that you feel as if it, mm. you, you you know you you talked about sitting there on the defensive. Well, sometimes you go into a game if you're in that position, you feel as if well you know uh, getting a point from the game today it's not necessary you set out in that in that fashion but if you if you try and cast your mind over the 90 90 odd minutes and you think if we can come out with a point here today particularly at Tottenham then you think okay we're fine we're still on that little run yeah but it, it does become difficult but you there's lose no question
3: I mean Martin there's a fellow countryman of yours Frankie over in Belfast good morning to you Frankie sad to say it guys Moyes needs to go. He, he, he should have gone before, but the 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 board didn't have uh, the guts to do it. I'm afraid he's running out of ideas. There is something wrong. Do you think there's something wrong, Martin? I don't. Do a couple I mean, of wins but, change it, but I a couple of wins change absolutely. No, no question
6: about it. I mean, there's there, there's a rush to judgment all the time about about managers. They've had, as Simon mentioned a couple of really decent seasons. Really, they're playing in European football at this minute as well. So they've had some decent seasons. I think there is a big expectation now about West Ham. I wonder where that always... I don't know where that was always placed, really, because West Ham, you know, the old school, academy school, that type of thing, great, great players, obviously, and the three lads who won the World Cup way back. Terrific players. Trevor breaking in his time as well, too. But West Ham always seemed to... They almost seem to falter just at a stage when you thought that they were going to come through. So maybe expectation is very, very high. And I think when when you do set set a standard of what you think, then maintaining that there, the minute that you drop behind that then there's obviously a, a massive rush to judgment.
3: Simon mentioned singled out Declan Rice. You make no apologies for it, I'm sure, Simon. No. Roger from Mansfield. Simon's right. Uh, in my view, Declan is one of the most overrated players uh, in the business right now. I mean, Martin, do you, is that unfair? I mean, it doesn't all fall at Declan Rice's doorstep, does it? Not at all. It's a collective responsibility.
6: Well, of course it is. Uh, Declan Rice has done magnificently in the last couple of seasons. So again, anything anything below that sort of standard feels as if... D- did you say something, Simon, that you felt as
5: if he he was disinterested in the game? I just it just wasn't the Declan Rice that I've been used to seeing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, I was surprised at happen. it because you need your le- in games like that you need your leaders to stand up, yeah. and he is their leader, isn't he, to some extent? Yes, he is. I wouldn't dis- I wouldn't disagree with that. Okay. But I, don't,
6: I'd, I, I wouldn't
5: I would never accuse Declan Rice of being disinterested. Okay, I said he wasn't at it. Now, well, that might mean his performance yep, level okay. wasn't at it, but if you also pick out the bones of the last three games, in fairness to West Ham, Newcastle. You know, Chelsea and Tottenham are not easy games, albeit at mm. Chelsea are all over the place. The mm. next game, the next game at home to Nottingham Forest is Huge. the game they have to start focusing on winning. Absolutely. Because if they lose that game, they've then got Man City coming down the line yeah. and the other teams around the top six that are going to give them trouble. 100% engagement. Outspoken with
3: White and Jordan. Who's going to get go down? It is a real scrap. Who's going to go down? West Ham went to Tottenham yesterday. We're discussing that, the other side of the 10.30 bulletin. And they go and they disappoint. They lose by two goals to nil. But, Sam, you were saying that you read into the David Moyes post-match quote. You read in a lot of significance into the way he dealt with his address to the media. He says, I do know I'll be looking to see the colour of the players' eyes in the next week. I can imagine what the colour of mine will be. The players have been challenged now. Let's see who's up for the fight. You like that?
5: Well, I think it's. I think there's is an underlying message to it. I would rather he just said what the message was. But the, the, but the ideal that I take from it is that he is questioning some of the substance that he's seeing from the players. Now, I'm, as, I'm more interested in hearing what Martin's reaction to that is because as a manager, you might be able to understand the psyche of those words. You might not mm. read into it what I read into it. As a, if I'm sat there listening to my manager and I'm the owner of the football club, thinking. I'm thinking straight away, You've got a problem with a few people in the dressing room. You're not quite comfortable that a few people are doing what they should be doing. I don't disagree with that absolutely.
6: Um, and sometimes you, you, you know, you, you want to come out fighting. You, you know, particularly when you've lost a game, lost a derby game, and uh, and you want to come out fighting. And you're still at the back of your mind. You probably just come into the press conference just after you've spoken to the players in the dressing room yourself. Let off a little bit of steam, I assume, uh, if that's the case. I know myself way back when I was, um, when I took over at Leicester, first of all, Leicester City, couldn't win a game to save my life. Um, Really had difficult times, crowd baying for blood. And uh, we lost a game against Sheffield United. I don't remember the date. It was actually um, March the 30th, Um, (laughs) 1996. And. and really difficult. And so you go into the dressing room afterwards and you think that, the you know, you feel as if, the, well, it doesn't really matter what you feel, you're taking the brunt of the criticism, but you want to you want to try and tell the players, excuse me, what do mean? I'm in this fight, I'm in for this here. And um, the time I did say to the players, listen, I'm up for this, we're, we're, we can still get promotion, we can do this here and I don't care what you think, I'm going to get you promotion. I'm not so sure that you believed it, you know, totally but that's the sort of thing you have to come out you have to show a little bit of spirit if it means if it means that you are taking a little bit of your lambasting in the dressing room into your press conference too bad
3: you had to do you ever have to do that at Celtic who's with me I need to know who's with me here
6: uh, do you know what i'm not so sure over the course of time but i'm, 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 the games I'm against Rangers, i'm like... sure i'm sure there was we 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 lost to Rangers heavily in my second ever game with them uh, in the second old firm game having won six two in the first one and the second one we we were well and truly smashed in a game and that was that 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 was difficult to take and that's the day when you thought Would it be a minute are we really up for these challenges but eventually we'd gained enough confidence over the couple of months before that there to to see it through and come out the other side had that have been the first game that we played and been smashed might have been a different story
3: yeah yeah might it turn out simon that west ham indeed have been punching above their weight it's as simple as that and now they are where they are because that's where they are
5: no that's not where they are mm. but they have been punched above the weight. they're two different things I mean, the bottom line is, is and, 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 and again, Suna said it when he was here, he felt, and I felt at the beginning of the season that West Ham might struggle in this season. Because once you set expectations, albeit their league form fell away, and there was an argument, he talked to a lot of West Ham fans, there was a disappointment towards the back end of last year, the back end of the 21-22 season, that they actually weren't winning many games and that people was form of falling away. And actually, Europe was putting a band-aid over the actual underlying problem. There wasn't, they weren't performing well in the league. Now, that should have been, that malaise should have been arrested by this... Really quite significant spend. You cannot argue in any walk of life that £150 million on a club of West Ham size in a transfer window is not a significant spend. It is a significant spend. So now to have gone the exact polar opposite way, where now you're having the allegation of being underachieving against you, we don't get, in, in, in the world of dropping into relegation terminologies, you don't get to live in the past. As much as your history gives you an element of a pass in certain segments of people's minds, the reality of it is, if West Ham were to get relegated, no one would forgive David Moyes, no one would forget the fact that they got, uh, or or forgive the perspective of getting into a a, a semi-final of a European tournament. They would suggest they've got promoted out of the biggest league in world football into the championship and done it on the back of £160 million transfer spend. So they do have to get their, their heads in gear. There's enough quality in that side... And, you know, and of course, everybody's got an opinion. We've all got an opinion. Can the we, the yeah. reasons why West Ham didn't turn up yesterday is because Danny Ings wasn't playing. Yeah. And they weren't brave enough to play him. Well, I'm assuming the manager's a good reason for not playing him.
2: you 100% essential down, outspoken with White and Jordan.
3: Manchester United coming right up in the rails here. I'm just looking at them now. I can't believe it, actually. Third. Mm. They're in it. They're in the race. They're in the race. They are in it. I mean, when you look at Arsenal 54 points, United now on 49. But here's the thing, Marcus Rashford single-handedly continues to push United towards the Premier League top two. And of course, he beat your old club. They beat their old club Leicester yesterday. Here's, here's the thing though, Martin, with his deal expiring next summer, no sign yet of an agreement over a new deal. Should his form be bringing delight on one hand, but concern in equal measure on the other? And that the boardroom in Ten Hag still don't have, have him nailed down. Well, if if I'm Ten Hag, I'd be I'd be into the board every single day
6: and saying to them, "Listen, we got we got to nail this. We got to get it down. We have got to get it sorted out, because every single day that goes goes past that nothing, then it 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 becomes a bit of a circus. Then after that, you know, you feel as if that if the player is is deciding that he's not going to say, uh, stay at the football club, then you're going to have to do something about it. But overall, it, it absolutely it's it's imperative now with the form that he's in mm. that. And amazingly, you wouldn't have been talking like this here way back, you know. Exactly. This time last year, for yeah. instance, you know. Yeah. If you if you thought that uh, Rashford was going to leave the football club, you, as a Manchester United fan, you might have thought, well, okay, let, let it go. But he's hit such a vein of form; it's it would be it'd be very very difficult for him to to be allowed to walk away.
3: Have you have you ever had a player like this who? Suddenly comes alive. You know, Rashford Martin has scored sixteen times in seventeen games since coming back from Qatar. Mm. Well, that 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 it's fantastic. It's, it really is. And now,
6: uh, even if you don't see the game live, you're thinking, "Well, Manchester United scored." Well, it must be Rashford. So that, that, that's right. That's a, right. That, that's a yes. big thing at this minute. Yeah. So everything that, or almost everything that he's hitting is going into the back of the net. It is a fantastic run, uh, and uh, and well done him. Better than I could ever have imagined this time. This time last year, or perhaps even ever, really. Mm. And I, I, I really couldn't have seen this at all. You've,
5: you've been a doubter, haven't you, Simon? No, I've been a doubter of the characterization that he's world class. I maintain mm. the fact he's a very good player. Is he um, world class, Martin? I'm I'm inclined to
6: agree with Simon in this one. You know, I I still think yeah, to be considered world class, I think you have to be doing it for a longer period of time, for a start, and and more consistently. You can't you can't argue about his three or four months consistency at this minute. Take that over a
5: couple of years. If he's got an integrity, which is a word that Dolphin doesn't belong in football, he he should be signing a new contract at Man United mm-hmm. because they've carried him for eighteen months. Right, he didn't do anything for the last eighteen months. Um, and you can point your finger at the management of Man United, which I do, because I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was, was laughable in his management of those players. He brought a culture in which like a Butlins, Butlins holiday camp where the club was doing them a favour, allowing them to play, um, you know, or, rather than the other way around. Um, and, you know, coming back from European championships and deciding that he wanted to go on holiday before he had a cert- an operation just get, gets so far up my nose, I can't imagine it because he should have been back getting surgery and being available for Man United, not deciding to go on holiday and then come back and have surgery. The bottom line is he didn't turn up last year. So the difficulty is for Man United, they can't win. There's no way in God's green earth that you give him a contract on the basis of last year's performance, and now you're caught in a situation where the clock's mm-hmm. running down and you're into 18 months left, and now you want to give him a contract, and now the box seat has been occupied by him. There has to be a balancing act. If he's a Man United product of their academy and understands the opportunity that was given to him and some of the patronisation that he's had over the last 18 months. He'll sign a new contract, get a big bump of pay rise and commit his future to Man United because that's what he should be doing. And Man United are back in ascendancy. They've got a coach now that seems to get the understanding of what it is to be Manchester United. This is an elite football club that once upon a time didn't pay win bonuses to players because they expected to win games and didn't pay bonuses to those players because that was their modus operandi. They've got that back again. So Rashford and this discussion should be put to bed as quickly as it possibly can. But it'll be a horse trade over enormous mm. amounts of money. Didn't earn his money for the last 18 months, earns his money for six months, get a huge pay rise. There's the perversity Is that of football finances.
3: Didn't earn his money over the last
6: 18 months. Again, you know, he's, um, he's opposite here and he has a viewpoint. I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, his mind, he being Rashford, his mind might have been elsewhere at the time, you know. Um, but even so, football is, is a business, and he wasn't he wasn't doing well enough. So yeah, for the second time in about eight minutes, I've agreed with Simon mm. Jordan.
3: But now, not only is he doing well enough, he's excelling.
6: He I is mean, excelling. Let's be fair yeah. about yeah. it, yeah. Simon. Yeah. Everything excelling. Hits. Yeah,
5: Everything he hits his
6: guy. Yeah. But, but and I, Simon has the point. You know, would you uh, would you have uh, loyalty to a football club that did 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 keep you for for some considerable time? Yeah. Now you're now you're you are absolutely flying. Uh, everything is in your favor at this minute. I'm hoping that he would sign for Manchester United.
0: A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs.
4: download stand well back listen outspoken with White
2: and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station talk sport
3: some big results over the weekend not just in the Premier League in the Championship as well one of them stood out an absolute mile Huddersfield 2 Birmingham City 1 Troy Deeney got the the goal for Birmingham but uh, Hungbo and Headley scored for Huddersfield Neil Warnock, Huddersfield. Yep, he's back in football. Neil, good
4: morning. <laughs> yeah, good morning, everybody. Good hey, mo- Ninety-three, Martin. What are you talking? You look older than me. I Ninety-three. <laughs> Neil. <laughs>
6: Neil, I've got to tell you, despite your hair and you do keep it, that's good. No one, no one looks older than you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Listen, yeah, congratulations yeah. getting back yeah. in and, and well Brilliant. done on the win. So how was it, Neil?
4: Yeah, it was good. It was a great, great reception. and I've always gotten well. I did a show up, one of my shows up there a few weeks ago and uh, I, I got a fabulous reception. So it, it was, uh, you know, I, they needed help and, and it was good to go in. And, you know, it's not as if I've got a, like a two or three year contract. I'm just going to try and enjoy myself. And You know, I, I, like you say, I thought I had uh, called it a day, but... Uh, I've been enjoying my shows, but it's nice to help out. And there are a lot of young lads in that squad, and um, they, they, we had two days, and they listen. You know what it's like, Mark? Sometimes when you're there, they look at you and they want to check everything in, and that's what the group were like. They were really receptive.
3: It's, uh, the job's till the end of the season, right, Neil? And is that it yeah. then? Or depending on what happens, you'll, you'll have a thing?
4: No, I do, I only work for end of February till uh, the end of the season.
3: So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you 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 make an impact in in yeah, so doing. Think, what was it? What was the the key factor in you saying yes to Huddersfield?
4: Well, i have known Dean Dean Oil for a long time, and and he's been getting some stick at, at the club, and uh, it, it's not been very good really um, to to listen to that. And I've always. I've always tried to help to go to people that I like, really. And and he's one of the chairmen, the the owners that I've I've always got on well with. And uh, I thought it would be nice. They've had a a couple of young managers. I'm not saying anything's wrong with that. But I think when I've been in a couple of days, I think you can see that probably they needed somebody like a little bit more experienced. And, um, and you know, they've got a lot of energy and what have you. But it's nice to work for people. Even the young lady Anne in the office who was there when I was there, and they were they were smashing the smashing people up here, and you know Yorkshire's like that, so it's uh, it's, good. <laughs> you know, it's good.
3: Does it incentivize you, Mister Martin O'Neill? Well, I just said to it
6: since uh, there's a twenty year difference between myself and. Me, <laughs> <you know? laughs> Only having a joke, Neil, only having a joke. But listen <laughs> okay. here, we'll pay you a compliment here because uh, in the studio they feel that uh, Huddersfield will stay up because you've uh, stepped into the job. So
4: there oh, you go. I know. But Martin. We've got nine out of we've got nine out of the top ten and uh, fixtures out of the fourteen. So have you? We'll have to play. We'll have to play well. Either all yeah. we were we're at Burnley on Saturday, which really is a free hit, I suppose. Of but course, it's, that's uh, true. You know, there are there are you know. You can only all you, all you can do is try. I mean, I, I remember when I was a young manager, Martin, coming up against you, and uh, <laughs> uh, when you were at Wickham,
6: and you were at Huddersfield. No,
4: nah, I remember. Do you
6: remember but, opening opening game of the season? Dale? You got sent.
4: No, no, I'm just let me finish first. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> a
6: uh, your language on, was appalling.
4: Five minutes. I'm on about you had a man sent off you, and I thought I'm sat in the bench. And I thought, we'll win this. We'll win this at Wickham. <laughs> and, and we never got a bloody kick. We never got a kick. And uh, I've, I've always thought then, wow, that's good management. They were they were really organized. And, they, they, you know, like I say about die for to get three points. I'll never forget that day, Martin. That, And um, that's why I've always got a lot of time for you and your teams. And I'm sure there's somewhere... You know, you can always come to Ottersville next year if you want that,
6: <laughs> No no is there listen, if yeah. you haven't if you haven't settled on your assistant manager there at this moment. If you haven't, you know yeah. just I'll tell you what you do. Just keep them up and keep the assistant manager's job vacant. Okay.
3: Well, Did brilliant. you have a few run ins with him?
6: I man. I listen, I, I I'm not saying this, but um his 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 record is excellent. He was uh, he, he, he gave it absolutely everything and um, you're going to ask for nothing more.
5: Yeah, I mean, uh, Simon, I'm sure you want to congratulate the yeah, man of course, yeah. you um, used to yeah. employ. Yeah. Well, Neil's a great character and as you know, he is someone that I very much enjoyed having at Palace and and he and I got on very well. I know he gets on very well with Dean at Huddersfield. It's interesting for you, Neil, you've got two teams above you directly you're going to try and chase down that both are teams that you managed specific? I mean, there's many teams difficult to find. Many teams in that division that you haven't managed, but um, Cardiff and Rotherham right above you are two teams. One Rotherham you dug them out at the same place that Huddersfield in two or three years ago, didn't you? And Cardiff yeah. you took into the Premier League. I mean, you yeah. looking down just upon those two and chasing them down.
4: Well, do you know? I mean, you see today. Well, I've just read it in the paper. I didn't know that uh, that uh, QPR that Neil Critchley's gone as well at mm. QPR and. I'm looking, I think teams right up to them are, are in it because, you you know, you get on runs like that and it's very difficult to change it. So, and I don't just think about the two teams. I mean, you know, they never asked me to help them out. So, uh, you know, it can't be... No, open. I'm not talking it's about
5: good. sentimentality. I'm talking about your focus is you've got two sides yeah. above you. There's an irony about it. Who you brought in with you? Who's come in with you, Neil?
4: Just me, just Ronnie Jepson's coming I was going to say so Ronnie's gone in with um, you, has he? Yeah. And we're just we're just gonna like you say it, it's not a matter of looking at the next team. I'm sure that the other two teams we're all on the same points now. Everybody will think they can get out, and they, you know. And you look at the next two, yeah. But I look further. I think there's about six or seven other other clubs that could get sucked into it. So it's 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 interesting. I mean, it's, it just gives us a chance. We're having Burnley next week. If we'd have got B on Saturday, I mean, you know, five minutes gone Saturday, and all the uproar and all the euphoria, they go and score a goal. But the big thing on Saturday when they went in front Birmingham, I said to the lads on Thursday, uh, when I've watched the videos, they've, they've gone the goal behind and thrown the towel in. And, and you know, and, and uh, Cloughfield, I mean Martin knows, Cloughfield used to say only well, takes a second to score. And, and yeah. that's where, yeah. we were, on Saturday, I was really proud of them because they fought back and hard and, and got the two goals, you know, from, from behind which I thought was important.
3: What what is it, Neil, about this game that we all love? But you you just can't. When an opportunity still comes along at the age of seventy-four, Neil, and you look good in it, you can't say I mean, no.
4: It's it's just you can't replicate. You can't replicate when that whistle goes. And no matter what you do, I can fish. I can you know cut up the grass and all that lot. But it it's just something about being in the dressing room and. Mm-hmm. When I, you know, I mean, the way that I am, I'm sure Martin has his own way. I love making people laugh and smile, and uh, but I want, I like, I want them to die for me when they go on the pitch, and you know, and it's lovely to see young lads listening to you and doing what you want and trying their best. I, I get a lot of pleasure, and and on Saturday after the game, I mean, the fans were brilliant. They never, never once got on the lads, uh, even when we went to goal down and. And at the end of the game, they all waited behind that. I thought that was really important. The man's brilliant. As I said to him after, you know, what does it it feel like now rather than the other night at Stoke in the dressing room? You know, you've got to take that on board and and, and just carry on and do your best. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation.
3: Outspoken
2: with White and Jordan.
3: Martin O'Neill, did you ever say to your goalkeeper, we need someone out of this, go up for the corner? I don't ever remember
6: uh, that wouldn't have been the uh, that wouldn't been the topic of conversation. Certainly wouldn't have been the first two or three points I've been trying to make during the course of uh, a, a team talk. Yeah. But if if the goalkeeper has decided in the last minute of the game to to go up, do you know what? Well, get on with it if that's the case.
3: You know well, what? we 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 saw Martinez go up at the end, and then uh, at three two we saw Martinelli scoring. In an empty, into an empty net at the mm. other end mm. Unai Emery was mightily unhappy with Martinez going up and doing what he did as he explained afterwards yeah he decided and something of course is good the player decided himself on the people they, they are the protagonists
6: but uh, I don't like it I told him at the end of the match uh, maybe you can score in the history <laughs> one, two times or three times uh, but the transition there are more and I, I am going to tell him tell them as well uh, the, the next days uh, we have to, to be consistent in our mind controlling our, our emotions and of course controlling uh,
3: of our game plan we, we prepare You know Martin I mean, Martinez is a World Cup winner in mm. Qatar with Argentina quite recently so he's been used to being exalted worldwide to a degree do you think Emery he's speaking his mind mm. but is he thrown Martinez under the bus here? From a distance, that looks the case.
6: I'm not so sure that, that that he really meant to be as strong in that. I think that uh, he's obviously disappointed. I think his stats are probably right in terms of the number of times a goalkeeper goes up to the number of times that a goal might be scored at the other end. I know it'd be very, very interesting, but um, I don't. I genuinely don't think he meant it to be as as um, as tough as that. If if uh, if I'm the goalkeeper, I'm scratching my head and thinking, "Oh, what a minute! Did did yeah. did the did the did, um, did the manager just the manager uh, spiky Just there. have a bit a bit spiky? Yeah, I must admit. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't. Um, you ever yeah. done that? Do you use the media to the, impart a message? Do you know what? I, I you know, I wouldn't want somebody to bring something up and then find out that I that I'd said it. I don't think so. What I might have done is to say, certainly after a game was over, I don't think I ever threw players onto the bus genuinely if we've won the game i think i might have had some little comment about some <laughs> someone or other particularly if he's done okay in the game yeah but i want to get something out that you know for instance ian marshall maybe a big big lad who was um a, a scruffy looking but so i might <laughs> i might have said oh well well done ian for that uh, or well done marshall for scoring that goal might take a bit of scruffiness out of you. I might have made some sort of silly comment like that there, but I don't honestly think that I would have thrown players onto the bus after defeats.
3: No, there are there are many, Simon will remember Martinez's antics yeah. in Qatar at that penalty shootout. That's yeah, up to the referee. At that time, that. Uh, uh, of course, in the final against the French and the celebrations afterwards, uh, which were none too dignified in the minds of many. There was a bit of football karma here. Seeing him try to hear back, but get nowhere near Martinelli as he puts
5: the ball in the empty net. Mm, not
3: really, no. I mean, and the uh, ball coming off the back
5: of his head. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, first of all, it was a great strike from Georgina, just a bit unlucky, wasn't it? But goalkeeper, you know, all landing on, on the way down. I, I don't look it that way. I look at the the penalty shootout and his behaviour was the referee allowed it. So there's lots of goalkeepers who would have done the same thing. The referee allowed that sort of behaviour. The pointing at the groin, all that rubbish. Yeah, that wasn't the most that wasn't the most palatable for a World Cup winner to be doing with a World Cup trophy in his hands. But the bottom line is, is I don't. I I had this difference of opinion with Martin. It's maybe because that's I've never been a football manager. I'm not entirely sure that players deserve to be protected at times. I think you build character in players by by treating them equally in success and failure. And you've no problem with praising them in the press. No one has any problem with praising managers in the press. They'll read that all day. And, managers and players will bring it into your office as a chairman and go, look at that for my manager. I want to pay rise. But when it comes to any any criticism, all that's taboo. And I believe that you build characteristics in people by being able to praise and castigate in equal measure. Yeah. <laughs> i I'm
6: I'm surprised you wouldn't believe how sensitive some players can be, you know. But that's not winners in, is it? What, what that's just, no, 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 it's not, it's, and it's, not for it's not really that. What 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 is the what, what's the point? What is the point of throwing players under the bus. What's the what what is seriously?
5: It depends what if you is know the to? character the person that you're doing it to. Well if you're gonna give someone a telling off, right? Yeah. You better know where they're gonna receive it. Otherwise the only person that's getting validation out of that is you, right? So yeah. you tell someone off to get some get back from them. If you're gonna throw a player under the bus, it's because mm-hmm. you expect them to either have a reaction to that or you're making sure that other people know that you don't muck about and there's a there is consequences to people who do not behave in a way that you think fitting.
6: Well, I don't think you, I don't think you have to go and do a, a public press conference to know whether you are in control of a football club or not, I agree. Or what, you know. I agree. I but, but the media
5: no. is a powerful tool. It's used by everybody.
6: Uh, yeah, it is. Do you manage particularly use it but, to be able to advance your opinions. Yes. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, but players soon since suss that as well too that if you yeah, are yeah. using if you're using that yeah. As, a, as, as a staple die, yeah, I agree as with As a this, tool, yeah. yes, uh, players, no, I'm sorry. Martin, the, we're, we're eventually, get... what happens is that they store it in the back of their mind. You win the next couple of games, they shouldn't forget about it. Yeah. You don't win the next couple of games. Oh, listen, it becomes a different issue. I don't feel as if you have to throw players under the bus. Because, I'll tell is you it, why. But is it I'll tell throwing, you why. But
5: this characterisation of throwing them under the bus? Is it throwing them under the bus or is it making them accountable? You're accountable. Yeah. I was accountable. Yeah. Why are the people that deliver the outcomes the only people... That are not accountable? Yeah, because that's the
6: nature of the game. That has always ah, been the game, okay. yes. Doesn't make it right, does it? The, doesn't necessarily make it right, but
5: that's the game. Did do that with you If, can, if you can change something. Huh? Did Cluffy take you into the public domain? Uh, Play as Paul Sto- I think he did.
6: Yeah, but we're talking. But we're talking about something about uh, 35, 40 years ago. Doesn't matter. I do, yeah, it does matter. You think it matters so? a great yeah. Because you a lot of engendered
5: it, a culture in these players that they can it,
6: do what they want. It matters a great deal because players are more sensitive now than ever before. You've allowed I'm so, it. Well, no, I'm sorry. Allowed it? No. <laughs> society encouraged it. Society developed it, facilitated so, it. No, enabled it. No. Society. Society, society, has, society. Allowed it, yeah. has allowed it. Has uh, allowed it. I don't think I have facilitated it. Far <laughs> from enabled it. it. encouraged I was, it. Oh, listen. There. there are many a time where I would love to have said what I in public what I said in the dressing room. I would love to have done that. That would be great. But you know what? You just turned the only benefit I would have got. Where it's a five minute, a five minute benefit to, to me explain, yeah. at the end of the day. And by by Monday morning, I've had to go into a group of players, disenchanted players. Sorry about it. Listen, you, how... I'm I'm all on. I'm all on to be really happy to leave players out, particularly players I didn't like. It was really, really good. And I have no, no problem with that whatsoever. But I do have a problem about using my frustration publicly To hammer players, okay. When when I've already done it in the dressing room,
3: I think there are some Villa fans who wouldn't mind if Martinez is left out anytime soon. Lee and Starbridge, I'm an Aston Villa season ticket holder. Martinez has been acting up since the World Cup. A lot of us are fed up with him. He's got far too big for his boots. (laughs) Okay, Lee, we'll take that on board. Your 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Martin, well done. I don't know if uh, Gary O'Neill, your namesake down at Bournemouth, got bosh or not, but uh, he certainly got a result at the weekend. Bournemouth very much, very much need all the points that they can gather at this time in the season uh, because they know it's all about survival. Without disrespecting them, it's all about survival, as it is for one or two clubs around them. No matter what it takes, they want to stay in the Premier League. So, Martin, what does Gary O'Neill and Bournemouth do? They head to Wolves at the weekend. And they won. That surprised me. It surprised many uh, in the game. So, uh, to be quite honest, I think a lot of people have sat up and watched what they did there, uh, going there and winning. Um, That was not lost on Gary O'Neill this morning. Playing it down when I spoke to him, certainly. But Gary, for one, knows the significance of going to a place like that and coming away with all three
1: points. It was a big, big result for us, Jim. Of course, the lads have shown real. Togetherness and been a big sort of upturn in performance since the since the new arrivals and since we've managed to get some players back fit, but you always want that that win to to go with it. So lads showed real good good courage, dug in some difficult times, uh difficult moments against Wolves. Obviously, they're a, a very good side that are on a very good run. So um yeah, it was it was a big result for us, no doubt.
3: But how helpful was that, Gary, that you can now call upon certain players who previously you couldn't because they
1: were out injured. Yeah, I think the last, especially the last two matches, Jim, we've we've managed to improve performance for the sort of last half hour, 35 minutes of a game, which has has made a big difference to us, obviously, before the January transfer window. And when we had so many injuries, we were always trying to take people off because they were looking tired and maybe having to tweak things and try and change things tactically. Whereas it's sometimes a little bit more simple than that now, where we can just sort of change personnel, freshen it up. The squad is a lot, lot deeper, a lot stronger than it was. So it's definitely helped us especially the last the last two games definitely where we've had a a much fitter and, and stronger squad available to us
3: so the squad's deeper you've got more players to call upon which leads me to how much has a new owner the american bill fully
1: changed the dynamic of the club if you like changed things for you personally for the better the backing from from the new owner bill in the in the january transfer window obviously we had a we had a real good plan and structure to how we wanted to approach January. And you can see from the the profile of the players that we recruited, they're all all of a very similar young age, still have their best years ahead of them, sort of 20, 20 years old, 21, 22 years old, most of them. So good players that can help us in the here and now, but still have a lot of room for improvement and yeah, put make sure that the club's in a, in a very good place moving forward beyond this season as well. And yet, Gary, you'll be aware, some people have pretty much already
3: written you off. Does that drive you on? I mean, what makes people think, well, Bournemouth will go down? Is it because of a perceived lack of investment compared with other teams, other clubs around you?
1: Obviously, when you're promoted from the the championship, you're automatically one of the favourites to go down. We had a quiet summer re- recruitment-wise compared to most. Everything I heard from, from the very first kick of the season was that we were going to go down, and there wasn't too many people that doubted that, apart from the people inside the building. So, of course, you suffer some tough, some tough spells and some tough moments in the Premier League when you're when you're newly promoted. But the first half of the season, where we were a little bit short, we still managed to be competitive, and we still managed to put enough points on the board to to be in with a shout. And we are. We always have been. We've never been cut adrift as many people would have probably predicted we we would be. But obviously, my job now is yeah we've we've got a deeper squad. We've still got four four key players still missing. So my job now is to make sure I maximise what we've what we've got and and gives us give ourselves a real chance. And staying in the Premier League would would, would be huge for the club again this season. So um, yeah, a lot of hard work still to do.
3: And it's your first f- uh, full time job as manager, Gary. Is it everything and more that you thought it would be?
1: Yeah, I enjoy it, Jim. I enjoy it. Um, even in the tough spells, don't pay too much attention to the noise. Understand the, the pressures of it. Happy to, to be judged every week on on what we produce. Fairly judged, obviously, but yeah, happy to be judged. Obviously, losing football matches is is tough, but that's the same as when I played, really. I always took it badly when I played as well. So enjoy the ups and downs. Enjoy having to try and maximise what we have. Try and get the best out of the lads tactically, technically, and then mentally as well, because it's... um as I've said already, you do go through some some tough spells where there's football matches that are very, very difficult for you to win. We have we have three coming up right now, Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool on the bounce. So you you're going into a spell where you know you need to be resilient. You know you need to get the most out of everybody you have. And I include staff, everyone around the whole club. they everyone's everyone's digging in, supporters, everyone understands the the battle that we're in for and we're willing and ready to go and and, and will be every week. It's amazing when you say that, Gary. City, Arsenal, Liverpool, your next three. But as you rightly say, it's all about standing together. Everywhere around the training ground, Jim, everywhere around the the stadium, big messages up everywhere about how together the club is. And you think back to the some of the tough times that the, the club has been through. And it's probably used to being underdog. And it's used to its underdog status. And back to the time where the club nearly were on the verge of going out of business. And everyone around the, the place had to... Club together and, and and make sure that this club stayed in business. And from that moment to where we are now has been an incredible journey for the football club. So I take huge pride in the fact that I'm the guy at the moment that that gets to try and keep pushing it forward. Yeah, and I, I assure you, Jim, and everyone, everyone that will be listening, that I am, yeah, giving everything to make sure that that we do do that. We do keep pushing the club forward.
3: There must be a genuine belief that with this squad of players, yeah, you can stay in the Premier League. That has to be the way you look at it.
1: Yeah, I, I believe so. And the players believe so. I mean, of course, it's always difficult. I think there are clubs every season that, that are always in a, in a relegation fight. And at, at this moment, we are. I, I see it that way. But also, I mean, we're a lot stronger now than we were. And hopefully, we can get the others back without losing anymore. When you are a newly promoted side, having your key players fit is huge. So, we can start to get them back involved with the group that we already have. Uh, I, I believe we can we can give it a really good go. And as I say, ev- every Saturday that comes, we'll be ready for. We've not won a football match since November, but we go to Wolves and you can see everybody's fully committed and it's just, yeah, reset, attack the next one. And that'll be the constant message between now and the end of the season, whether we've won the last one, drawn the last one, lost the last three, whatever it is, the Saturday that's coming is, is going to be big to us. You're- essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan.
3: Thanks for listening to Outspoken. Don't forget to leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode.
0: Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra.